0: The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with REMAX Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of REMAX Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota, and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk
2: about real estate.
0: Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law. And the Real Estate Radio
2: Hour. And here it is, another Saturday in CCO land, a holiday weekend when we talk real estate here in the Real Estate Show. News Talk 830 WCCO. Chris and Andy with us this morning. Good to see you guys on this uh, holiday weekend. Yes, uh, good morning. What are we going to talk about? I suppose it's going to be related to real estate. I think we probably Just should. a guess.
1: Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I experienced a little real estate market uh, a little over the pond. Uh, really? In, in Denmark, yeah, when I was gone last weekend. Did you check I'm on still, any uh,
2: property? Uh, the, the, well, is it pretty expensive in Denmark? Well, we
1: know a couple people over there. And, uh, you know, as you, uh, you talked about it last week, I, I was listening to you at 5 p.m. Uh, last weekend <laughs> when it started. The time zone thing is a, a screwy thing. I'm it really, is. I'm still trying to get used to it. And I got back on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyways, uh, I was going to say we have um, some people over there that we know. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, I kind of was, you know, obviously interested in the real estate. The architecture is fantastic. I mean, the history over there is something else. But um, the real estate is the thing that really mm. got me. I mean, because uh, this this guy we know, um, he used to be the host of Dances with the Stars. He was a foreign exchange student um, with my wife mm. in high school. And mm. then he ended up going over no there. No kidding. Yeah, and being the host of Dances with the Stars. Can but we verify it, these facts? It's This is a fact. Facts. He's not <laughs> the host right now. He, but he, was, the for, of the he was for 12 of the- years. Yeah. yeah. But, anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> I know him. I really do. Met him at a yeah. coffee shop. But um, his apartment that he has, he had one bedroom with a living room. And it's all, it's a hallway. Then you have doors into all these rooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe 1,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Second floor, you know, you know, there's no elevators, none of that kind of stuff. A little deck off the back with a courtyard. Um, no parking, no garage, no storage, nothing like that. $1 million. No kidding. $1 million.
3: So I'm assuming Downtown they make, Copenhagen. They, the average income over there is what? Well, here's fifty three hundred thousand. dollars $300,000 then? You no,
1: know, that's what I said too. And I, <clears throat> I, I didn't really get the answer from him um, because he's not doing Dance with the Stars anymore. But anyways, sure. um, they, he said his interest rate was like 1.6% interest only. It, it, so it then would, that makes sense, and the it government almost would have to be. Yeah, yeah, and you don't. It's not like you don't have to pay it. It's just. It's crazy. Mm. It's a it's a whole different thing, but over there it works, and uh, very interesting. I mean, everyone's on a bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, said he told me this has not been verified, but he said like it's like two point two bikes, you know, per person. You people know, are Googling these as you I know. them. Yeah, okay. exactly. But, um, but it was really interesting because, I mean, they're five years old to 85 years old and they're on bikes. Biking. Yeah, <laughs> bikes and, you know, the bus and the train. I got to learn all of them. It was pretty fun. Well, we,
3: I mean, you know, Danny, in our, our world, too, we've started using new phrases like walkability. You know, like when there's, you know, you, you look at properties and people now are asking for, I don't want to say the complete European experience, but they want to be able to walk to the grocery store, yeah, buy that's groceries true. for dinner. Yeah, true. They also want to be able to bike or walk in the parks or enjoy the outdoor amenities. Um, and, you know, with Minneapolis, there's so many, you know, varieties of awesome things throughout the seasons to do. This is a very desirable city here, too. And I think that, you know, what you're talking about there, Chris, is is really, I think, kind of cool is where, you know, they, they don't need more than 1,000 square feet. But there's so many people that want it that there's demand on it. And so to keep it affordable, they've had to offer programs like interest only at 1.6%. You know, and you, you figure it out, and that's a couple thousand bucks a month. So it's actually very affordable. But... From an investment perspective, I mean, there's probably not a lot of people buying them. If you, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like there's probably not a big appreciation on that stuff at this point. But
1: yeah, well, the one where my kid stays, he stays with, um, you know, a family that whatever. Mm -hmm. And this guy um, in eight years has it's doubled. The oh, Value wow. of his place is double. So it is
3: still going, okay? Yeah, huh. it's
1: really, it's really interesting, and I, I, didn't quite. I mean, we didn't get into it. I was too busy walking all the time. I mean, <laughs> you, my wife, you didn't get on a bike. He does look. But, skinny. No, I did I, I found out the hotel had bikes after that, but uh, <laughs> it, uh, and I learned how to do the trains and the buses, and but my wife likes to walk, and so I mean, we're walking all over the place. Now,
2: did you? So, uh, I want to ask you, coming back from uh, Denmark, if you just uh, tune in, we're talking real estate. Believe it or not, <laughs> in Denmark. But, yeah, but uh, but uh, Chris just returned from. Uh, Copenhagen, and did you find as you got back to the states and here in the Twin Cities that you saw
1: boy, there's a lot of big vehicles here. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're not kidding. I mean, I literally maybe saw ten SUVs, mm. maybe, and they were the smaller SUVs. Every every car super little. I mean, for the parking, we went over to the same guy's place, and, and we were gonna go drive out to some of the castles, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're we're going to go get his car. You know, we go outside and we walked almost three blocks to find his car. Yeah. Because there's no parking. Wow, it's it's just crazy. Hmm. So,
3: well, I suppose there's so much historical, uh, you know, value there that they don't widen the roads because the houses are where they are, you know, and originally designed for probably foot traffic, horse traffic, whatever buggy traffic. You got and it. then now you you have these cars that are kind of you know adding the modern conveniences, but they're they're really how convenient are they if they're oversized and you can't get down the road? So,
1: you know, and that's what you see a lot around here, like around mm-hmm. lakes. You know, I mean, because those houses developed around the lakes and they had all those. You know, little roads that kind of went in there, yeah. And now it's like around Lake Minnetonka. You mm-hmm. know, we, where we live is that. I mean, the roads. I mean, when it snows, I mean, it's kind of like, hey, I better pull over, wait there, yeah, so yeah. someone else can get by me. Well, those are areas like what, that around um,
3: Montemito, I too, and some of those older areas that have been for yeah. years, and they there's no curbs, there's no nothing, and it's it it adds that quaint, kind of majestic, fun. You know, you feel like you're out of town when you're actually in some of those areas, which is kind of cool too, which probably adds to the draw.
1: Yeah. So, uh, how's the market been going? I've been kind of a little uh, out of. I've been getting updates, but uh... yeah,
3: you know, I still, I, th- you know, Denny, and I mean, we were talking last week about first time buyers, acreage buyers. You know, we had the Jeff Schultz team in here, and uh, Ben and Laura were with with uh, Jeff, and it was it was a great show, very informative. But you know, there's there's pent up energy. I think that there's still with the buyers. There's there's a lot of frustration. You know, there's this. Um, buyers that want to buy properties, and as as the properties are not available, there's a little frustration there. I'm sure. What's been nice, I think, for a lot of the buyers to take a little pressure off that is that when rates, actually mortgage rates did soften just a titch while you were gone, too, Chris. So, you know, that gives that buyer a little more buying power or a little more comfort in increasing their offer because they can now afford a little bit more. So, you know, I think there's some things that are happening that are we're kind of, you know, wiggling our way through um, going back to a normal market. And, you know, a great example somebody gave me was, when you 're driving down the freeway and you're let's say you're you're speeding you 're going through a, a big open area and you 're doing eighty miles an hour, and then you come into a city and you have to slow down to fifty five miles an hour and you feel like you could walk as fast as your car's moving I think that 's kind of where we 're headed in the housing market where it was going so fast for a while when we came out of such a deep depression that when housing started picking up, it felt like, oh my gosh, this is the way it 's going to be. Housing feels like it's slowing down right now, but it 's actually kind of in my opinion and in some of the things i 've read in other people 's opinions it's just kind of transitioning back to what a normal market feels like with a 3% appreciation, 4% on a good year, 2% on a bad year, and houses um supply and demand is good, believe it or not. As a seller, you want demand on your property so you sure. can make that appreciation. If there's no demand and nobody wants to buy it, it doesn't the value is is arbitrary, you know, so
1: I was out yesterday and uh, talking to a a property owner that's looking to um, maybe make a a change in mm-hmm. in what they're doing. And uh, it's funny because it ended up in an area that was like a really good area in a, about a month ago because not much was on. And then in this last month, a bunch of people put on those properties in that same price range, yeah, which stops it and, and cools it. And then it starts getting to – these people start reducing to try to get, you know, the buyer out there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it, it becomes, you know – a buyer's market, whereas, you know, a lot of the stuff under 300,000 is a seller's market. Oh, for sure. We had a a listing that we put on and I thought for sure it would have multiple offers uh, on a Sunday after, Mm -hmm. you know, putting it on on a Friday and get through there. And after the weekend, we had only one offer and it wasn't, it wasn't acceptable. And so we waited, but then, then we got multiple offers after a little while. So do you think maybe it's even like people are kind of just taking a breath? You know, maybe got beat out so many times and just like, Yeah,
3: they're fatigued. I mean, I think that that's what's happening is they're like, oh, hey, here's another listing. And people are like, well, you know what? Let everybody else fight over it. I'm going to sit on the sidelines for a couple days, watch it. If there's not multiple offers on it, then let's go take a look at it. Because I'm sick of falling in love with a house. Jumping through all the hoops, getting the approval letters, getting the purchase agreement written to, to find out that we didn't get the property. So, yes, it, it's interesting that we're going through that exercise because I think that that is exactly what I'm talking about. There's that pent-up energy or that frustration where people just say, you know what? I'm going to go to the lake this weekend. I don't care if five houses come up for sale. I'll, just, I'll true. deal with it on Monday.
1: Yeah. We had two people go do construction because they just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, just said, forget it. I don't, I don't want to fight over them. I know I can get this and we can build. You know, and do it, and we'll wait. We'll wait. We we had one of the members
3: on our team this week actually have that happen, where they were out looking for a three hundred thousand dollars purchase, couldn't find anything. Went up to three fifty, couldn't find anything. Then they realized, hey, at four hundred thousand, we can start getting into new construction. By the time they were done, they were at four hundred and eighty thousand. But now that is a bucket list thing for them. Now they've got the new house being built with all the amenities that they've ever wanted. You know, they did a really cool homework station right off the kitchen for their son. Mm. And there's a lot of really cool amenities that they added and customized in this house. They're like, you know what? now it 's worth it for us to spend the extra dollars to get that new construction, get the warranties, not have to deal with all the maintenance right away because everything 's shiny brand new yeah and, and they said it it's, it was really a kind of a cool uh, thing to see firsthand,
1: but how unusual to go from three hundred thousand to uh, well yeah that, well
3: that but that 's somebody that 's fiscally conservative, I mean yeah. when they know they can afford seven hundred thousand but they 're looking for three hundred that 's why they have money yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess all right uh, we 're going to take a quick break here. We have uh, more uh, real estate talk. Coming, we're around every Saturday here on CCO in the 10 o'clock hour, and we shall return with more real estate show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to this portion of the real estate show here on News Talk 830 WCCO on this holiday weekend. Chris and Andy. Uh, in studio we're talking real estate you know i want to ask you before you guys continue is uh, mm-hmm. give us that uh, how do we get in touch with you guys you got that special oh yeah uh, you know i
3: listened back to the podcast and yeah I, and last week i didn't plug that at all well come on i know
1: rooney you, you know why he didn't plug it because <laughs> you weren't here <laughs> he doesn't he he wanted it Prasky and rooney and i said no one knows how to spell Prasky. so it's andy and rooney.com
2: i kind of like that
1: i do too Andy Rooney was one of my favorite characters in sixty yeah. is. but yeah. it's different. Yeah, all right, we'll we'll
2: mention that again before you guys leave. <laughs> we're
1: us today. we're a different. Uh, you you crew. know I was I'm... telling someone yesterday. Yeah. yeah what day? Uh, well, it was yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, I was telling them that uh, they, they talked about the radio show, and I said, "Yeah, but you should see that clown that's with me all the time. <laughs> I mean, the guy's nuts." And he said, <laughs> and I was <laughs> laughing because I, I had a suit on, and I said, "Yeah, you know, I'll come in with a suit on, and he'll have flip flops. You know, but it it it." It, it works. It kind of works. You it does know, work. You know,
3: people actually believe this guy. And so you know, they're like, he's crazy. And it's they true. literally think I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. I just have a lot of energy. You do have a lot and, of and energy. And I focus that towards the better good of my clients, Denny.
2: Yeah. You're kind of like the real estate version of the odd couple.
3: Oh, totally. I guess,
1: maybe. Totally. In, a, yeah. in a nice way. But it's weird, too, that we have a lot of the same thoughts. It's just kind of how we get to them. Well, you and know.
3: I I did. Fair enough. We had a client this week from yeah. CCO. CCO Listener had okay. me out to their house. And they said- you know, your website that you guys were promoting, they go, is it really lowercase Andy and uppercase Rooney? <laughs> yes.
1: They go, and
3: and <laughs> I giggled and I said, only in Chris's <laughs> fantasies, but you type it however you want. Yeah. It'll, it'll get
2: you there. It'll get there. All yeah. Right. Where do we go from here, yeah. guys? <laughs> Well, yeah, where you do know, we go? Well,
1: we were talking about obviously the market and what it's had, mm-hmm. and maybe there's a little lax and stuff like that. And um, one of our big things that we have to do is we, we both do a lot of listing um, mm-hmm. work, and it's about marketing and trying to get people into our houses. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, I I determine kind of where that who that target buyer is, mm-hmm. and then we kind of put all our marketing focus towards that, and we know. Um, I mean that's who we're without leaving out other people, mm-hmm. you know but we're we're kind of aiming towards that person, so we kind of start it from the beginning and then I mean we stick with it because I know it's going to work, you know, mm-hmm. but it might not hey, it might not sell in the first week, it might not sell later, but one another uh marketing thing is, and I know that you do this a lot is this pre listing
3: okay this yep. pre
1: listing thing and i I choose not to do it, but i think I think we should just talk about it like why 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 you do it and why I don't. Yeah, as long as listening, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, uh, you know, as we as we start Maybe we should have talked in, in person about this first.
3: Yeah. No, the, you know, so there, there's a lot of different ways that there's lots of different marketing schemes or whatever things that are out there. And one of the things that I've, I've always taken very seriously is is representing my clients in their best interests and in, in fully embracing the food to share responsibilities, but yet trying to still be a professional in the industry. And so one of the things that we've done um, recently that is with with all the websites now, and I, I'm i not trying to discredit our local MLS system, but I'll tell you what. I, I am not 100% behind the MLS anymore. And the reason being is that the MLS uh, holds days on market. It holds our pricing. There's a lot of things that are held that can, in my opinion, hurt my seller. And so what I do is with the uh, idea that I'm trying to help my client out and not necessarily put them in harm's way. Let's say, for example, there's a house that's 395. million. We think it's worth three eighty five we want to try to experimentally sell it and see if somebody would take it at three ninety five so we go out there we do our marketing, um, we try it if it doesn't work I don't want that failure for an example, but I want to still prove to my client that hey, we tried to get this number. we exposed it to all of these different audiences and we, we're not having any luck. Would you like to list with that price on the MLS then where everybody knows what the price is in every fashion in every website
1: that's can I say something? Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point because what does happen when, when it goes on the MLS mm-hmm. and you do that 395 and say so you're starting at 395, I mean, all of that stuff is getting recorded. So if you go on Zillow and you yeah. look down there and look over the history, right. it'll say, hey, it was 395 on you know April 17th. Right. And now it's 385 on May 17th. Right. And – so what you're saying well, is that's not to, advantageous to your seller. Correct. It's yeah. building
3: up a case against them that they don't know what they're doing or they overpriced their house, and now it's an opportunity for somebody to come in and lowball them. Versus, I'm saying it's kind of an experiment that we, it's expensive for us to do this. I mean, it's not like it's, it's free. I mean, we're out there marketing and paying a lot of money to get those properties out there through different social media sources, or we do predictable analytics where there's properties that are identified as potential buyers in the area, and we're strategically marketing to those property owners. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of cool technology behind it, but here's the other thing. I don't want to feed the beast that, that hurts us. And so like, for example, that same house, now it's listed on Zillow and I'm, I'm saying names because I'm being open. I'm being honest. Prove me wrong. Zillow call the show and prove me wrong. Um, let's say that Zillow says the house is worth 375. I know that the market's ahead of that. And so what'll happen is the consumer, when they're trying to do their research before they meet a real estate agent, which by the way, Denny, they're saying that, Over 50% of the buyers, over 50%, find their own house online, but aren't comfortable making the offer with the listing agent. So 87% of those people will go out and hire an agent to actually buy that house. Wow. Quite a a statistic. yeah, but they like to do their research on yeah. their own. I totally get it. It's kind of like shopping cars. I don't want sure, to go in and sure, talk sure. to 15 you know, car salesmen. Right. I want to actually go in and, and do my research first. And then when I go talk to that salesman, I'm prepared and educated. So Zillow has been one of the number one sources for people with, with the clicks. They pay for tons of advertising on TV, radio, and people go there. What I don't like is that they have information there that sometimes is inaccurate and that the consumer uses that against my client. And so, again, this is where this – I'm putting the information out there on Facebook, for an example, saying, you know, coming soon, not in the MLS perspective, but it's coming soon. Bring you and your agent. Um, So if I identify you as a client that potentially based on your clicks on Google or whatever, even if you're under a contract, that's not the point. The point is to get the information in front of that client. And then that client says, you know what, let's go see this house. Just like they do with every other website. They call their agent and then the agent calls to set up a showing. We show that property. They have the opportunity to buy that property. We will sell that property, and we don't have to necessarily go to the the traditional MLS system. Yeah. And we've done so much research on that house; we know what it's worth. So it's not like we're leaving money on the table. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think you know, just kind of for some background of it, um, when you're pre-listing a house on yep. the market as as a realtor, that's part of the MLS. We have a thing that's called a withhold from MLS, right. and that so your seller has to agree to it. You know, and it's a marketing strategy in what you're doing. Now my my so opinion, it's
3: not Denny, it's not it's, illegal. It's not illegal. People to people do. confuse that and they say that. Well, geez, I saw this house online for sale. It, it, they can't do that. It's against the rules. It's not against the rules when you have the withhold from MLS as long and as the seller, have, and yep. the seller agrees and the seller agrees. Okay. And this this withhold from MLS agreement, we could actually talk about the whole show on that. It talks about how you're missing opportunities, how you're leaving money on the table. There's you know millions of people that won't see your house by doing it this way. My point is this. If your house is going to appraise at 385, we sell it for 385, what are you missing? Yeah. I mean, unless you get a cash buyer. If we're in an opportunity where we have a cash buyer, we may then not choose that route of marketing. But if it is not a cash buyer potential, then I say you're at the mercy of an appraisal anyway.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and a lot of people are using that darn appraisal to try to get out of things too. Absolutely. But anyways, um anyways, I, I kind of look at it like you were just saying, you know, I'm kind of one of those that... Why won't you get it out to absolutely everyone at the same time? Mm-hmm. Now I think there is some cases that pre-listing works a little better. And and when I when I say that is maybe that house isn't quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. But that market segment's really doing good. And now you can get that out there and they might overlook some of those things that if you put it live on the market, they won't overlook. Right. You know what I mean? So let's just say they haven't got everything cleaned out of the garage yet. You don't want to go that way, or maybe mm-hmm. one of the rooms isn't painted. And right. you're, but you all, you're also seeing on the market that hey, you pull up um, Champlin between two fifty and three and a quarter, and there's twelve listings on there, and all of them have a A with a little I next to them, so they're mm-hmm. all on inspection. Yep. And so there's people out there that need that. Now you throw that out there, you create that excitement, mm-hmm. and then now you can take advantage of that excitement that the other listings have created for you. Exactly. It's kind of the same thing.
3: Yeah, and you know the thing is, is that some of the real estate agents that have been around a long time start saying, well, you're not being a proactive professional agent. I disagree 100%. Actually, I disagree a 1000% because when I have the information of a listing and I put it in the hands of the real estate agents that are in that area, I'll go to the top agents in that marketplace that are identified as being top agents. I also go to the brokers and say, "Please share this information. We want you to bring us a buyer." And so we're going to an old school. We're working harder for the client going old school to go around the system, but the the whole idea is and then like I said, we're working harder to avoid the troublemaking websites that are out there. The other thing that I struggle with, Danny, is that when – and I'm not trying to fight the system. I'm just saying currently, and we adjust our programs all the time. Um, when you look at the current systems, there's so many people that click online to a website that has – you know, it's, it's, it's basically a bait click. They're clicking on it. You go into a lead wheel, and then some agent pays money or oh, you know, gets the lead. That's and then, how that works. And they're meeting in the driveway. So there's not really true representation. So for me, that's where I struggle.
2: All right, we need to take a break. We have more uh, show to come here on this holiday weekend. Hope you stay with us. Uh, It's uh, the Memorial Day weekend here on 830 WCCO. We're talking real estate, and we'll do more of the same. Stay with us here on 830 WCCO. And welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on News Talk 830W CCO on this holiday weekend. We are around uh, talking real estate every Saturday here on CCO in the uh, 10 o'clock hour. If you're just joining us, Chris and Andy, in studio, where do we go next here? This is, this is a fun show.
1: Yeah, you know, we were talking about pre listing, and, uh, you know, Andy, it, I, I got you got some really good points there and what you're doing. And I think when people say. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even help you here more. Oh, wow. Your, your point. <laughs> I'm not used to handling positivity. I, <laughs> uh, I meant crazy in a good way. Yeah, I know. That's small letters, Andy and capital me. But on the pre-listing thing, um, you know, I think what, when you're saying that some agents don't think that's professional mm-hmm. is what I think they're trying to say is that you're trying to hog it and get a buyer for it rather than doing what's best for your seller but in fact that's not what you're doing it's you're, the opposite yeah exactly you're trying to do what's what's best for your seller mm-hmm. and you know what you might be testing something at a certain price mm-hmm. you might not be you might be hey we're just kind of creating it or you might be trying to take advantage of a market that's already that's proven out there that it's good and to get your client more money and so i think that i think that's the a big thing and yeah. everyone does marketing a little different and that's why you should talk to different agents and, yeah. and see what it is. You know, there's, um, uh, there, there's so many things. And uh, once you, hey, totally agree with that person mm-hmm. how it is, I think a lot of people on listings come in and say, you know what, Andy, I can get you $450. i will get you 450 all day long. Yep. And then once they list it, the, the first the things they're trying to do is get it reduced the whole time, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I have a real it, hard time. Sells, yeah, yeah, I have a hard, really hard time selling something unless I believe in it you know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's too hard in which to be able to do. Right. And so when, um, I, I, I have to believe in, I got to believe in our marketing strategy. I got to believe in, in the price of course, to be able to kind of, um, get it out there. But I think, um, you know, but there's some people that, hey, we want to try, we want, right. we want to list it at this. And there, there might be some, um, some theories behind, you know, how people do that as well, Sure. you know, it, and from a, From a standpoint of, you know what, hey, maybe we are going a little higher to the market, but there's a reason that we're doing it.
3: Well, and who am I to say, you know, let's say that you have a million and a half dollar house and we say that on an appraisal basis, it'll appraise at $750. Well, maybe we find that buyer that's a cash buyer that'll write a checkup for a million and a half. And so what I've always said is that I listen to my clients, I work for my clients, and they put me to work for them. And, and one of the things that I'd I'd strongly recommend that all the local MLSs, so that they don't have to go away, because I think that there's a lot of pressure coming up from the brokerage model saying that they want to go around, they want to do this, they, they, they don't want to have that um, inevitable, dump it in here, it goes out to everybody, there's no control of your listing, there's no control of what your client has to go through, it's, it's at the mercy of what we decide who we syndicate to, I think that the smartest thing that the MLS could actually get into is where they start controlling what is syndicated to. There's an argument there. People have been sued over this, saying that that's public information. I'm saying that we should be allowed to represent a client the way the client wants to be represented. Maybe they don't want their information to be public. Maybe they only want it to go to certain audiences. And I think that as we start recognizing that not every deal is cookie cutter, that every deal, you know, in a custom sale or a custom price point or whatever, we need to do what's best for the client always. And so, you know, and, and when we stop doing that, then we're actually not doing them a service. And that, that's where it's like, what, what are we for?
1: Yeah, and the MLS has obviously evolved uh, big time no, and I'm it not, used to be a absolutely. private society and we could only share with each other and no one Correct. could get it and la, la, la. And, now, and, and
3: I'm, not, I, I, I'm just saying that I think it's time, one more time, and I'm asking publicly, and I know that's kind of you know, <laughs> blunt, I'm asking publicly that they start making more changes quickly so that I, guys like myself and gals like myself that are out there selling properties and trying to really take their fiduciary responsibility in that capacity, that they help us versus become our enemy.
1: Yeah. I, I think, you know, when you talk about syndication, and that's what happens. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I know we get it, when it goes out and syndicates, and they said, hey, on, on homes.com, it says we only have three bathrooms. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do about that. You know, it syndicates from it, and it might read um, whatever comes out of the MLS wrong. And so it might say, you know, there might be um, four bathrooms but that one counts them as, you know, half, three quarter and full. Mm-hmm. There might be two half baths. And they'll say, oh, that's only one. So there's only three baths. Right. And, and we can't change that. We don't,
3: or, we don't or have the, other the ability one, to change that. The other one that I actually have had several people ask us about, Denny, is like, you know, some of the other bigger sites that are out there, the local brokerages and the way that they're their website uploads the MLS data may scramble the pictures, for an example. So all of a sudden it shows the listing picture as being your bathroom instead of the front of the house. Or, and it's, that's, that's that individual company's problem. It's not the MLS's problem. The MLS puts it out in a format that says, here's the way it is so that when we send it out, this information to you, hopefully your website receives it, automatically uploads your system, and everything works fine. But sometimes there's glitches in the system. Mm. And so that's where you'll see that, guys. And so um, like like Chris and I have said this over the years, I can't control those websites, hence part of the problem. Like if I continually have a problem with a certain website where my client calls me and says, hey, my house looks terrible on this website that I like, I don't get it to them. You know what I mean? Or tell them that they have to fix it, but there's nothing I can do because it's public when we go ah, to the MLS. And
1: one of the duties that uh, my one of my admins has, one of their duties is to go look at all of our listings mm-hmm. on a certain website to make sure that it didn't screw it up. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to go in and and then put in a ticket to be able to get it changed because it does. And, and what happens is, is that it might go the MLS might go to say realtor.com, then to homes.com, and then mm-hmm. from homes dot com, it syndicates to, you know, house.com. Whatever. Right. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden by the time it gets to house.com, it's it it got the information screwed up mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing we can do about it. But I mean, let's or it face resizes
3: it. photos or it does. Yeah. You know, so anyway, there there's your job has changed is what you're saying, and I agree with you a million percent. As a real estate agent, it's our job to manage that public profile. And, and on all different formats, it's like our job is, you know, I had somebody say, well, you used to have to look everything up in the books and you drove all over and it was archaic. Well, now there's all this technology. The technology's made it four times more managing than it used to be because we manage that public think image. It's supposed
1: to be easier. It's yeah. supposed to be easier, and but it actually not.
3: creates more problems because all of these wild cowboys that are out there saying, hey, I got the best website for clicks here. You know, click here and get a free home inspection, whatever. And that website makes their house look bad. You know, and not always. There's a lot of great companies out there. There's lots of great syndicators out there. And and I and I do use that process when I get to that point in the marketing where I think that it's appropriate. But I don't I don't always lead with it as well. Yeah.
1: But you and you don't always just pre-list your properties either. I mean no. obviously the MLS is there because it's a very successful program and that's how most of our houses get sold through. Um, but, again, there's just different ways in which to be able to market. You think
3: maybe if you were to observe what I just said, it's more of a I, I like to have the control of how my property is viewed online because I'm very – like you said right. in the beginning. And we're not segment, in control. We're not using that shotgun approach anymore. Yeah. We're using the rifle approach where we're, we're looking for a target audience. And sometimes the, the shotgun approach where everybody knows about it isn't a good strategy it in is. the beginning.
1: Yeah. but And then on some – on other hands, people are using pre-list as a way to which to get buyers too.
3: Well, I and mean, that's what they're doing. 100%. You know? you know, or like right now, Denny, let's say for an example you have, we put your house up for sale, you have a pool. We can now go out there and look and find through Google, like all the people that have looked for houses saying, houses for sale in Eden Prairie with pools. I can put my, uh, or my, uh, my product in front of that, you know, client and th- that's looking. We can actually buy that lead necessarily and have our stuff popping up in front of those hmm. people. So it's very strategic. It's not guessing anymore. And now it's more or less thinking about who's our target audience, like Chris was saying earlier finding that target audience, and making sure that we get the exposure for our clients in front of that
2: audience. Makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. We have more real estate uh, talk uh, straight ahead here. And we're around every Saturday in the 10 o'clock hour here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. And welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on News Talk 830 on this holiday weekend. Chris and Andy in studio. Well, we have a few minutes left uh, in the show. What do we do next?
1: Well, I was going to say if the MLS has any questions, they can go to prasky.com. And if they want to contact our show, <laughs> it's andyandrooney.com. If the Department of Commerce
3: has any questions for Chris Rooney.
1: <laughs> oh, I talk to them all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how about, how about, let's give a few little tips. Um, we're running into well, it all the time.
3: I'll just say this. Oh. We both love our industry. That's why we do this show. We, we love helping people. We have it. It's almost like a passion for us to want to better the industry that we're in. And I think that's why we're so passionate about what we, or at least I am. I don't know about you know, yeah. but I mean. We take our jobs very seriously. But I think
1: over the years, we've gotten a little more – we've gone out there a little more. I mean we used to be really kind of like uh, non-controversial, but now –
3: Yeah, I don't think I'm being controversial. I think if anything, you look at it as we're being pro-consumer. Yeah. And and what is the best for that consumer and why are they hiring us? Because I'm the first one to sit down with somebody and say, why am I here? You know, if you could do for sale by owner yourself, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean you could save thousands. If you know how to do the marketing, you know how to syndicate it, you know how to find a buyer, you know how to negotiate, you know, contract law – Let's do it. But if you don't, I'm a good guy.
1: Yeah. And then I'll tell you what, it, and there's different ways to which to market. And uh, like I said before, and I think it's um, real important that, I mean, even like with this show, I mean, we don't always agree with each other and how we're doing things and that there's nothing wrong with that. No, that's no good. I mean, but in the end, it's, hey, do what's best isn't for your that, client. Isn't that to why there's
3: the 1.6 million of us across the country? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> God help us. Uh, but uh, anyways, up. yeah. Uh let's talk let's talk about some little tips. I mean we're all we go, going into houses and mm-hmm. a lot of people I mean I went into um I mean over the last month uh, quite a few of them and people have different options. And I say hey you want to you want to spend 10 grand to try to make mm-hmm. oh, 25 no I don't want to spend any money. But there's other ways in which to be able to make money and uh, typically it comes down to the kitchens. And usually mm-hmm. bathrooms, Yeah, you know. Um, obviously, the things you can do that don't cost you a ton of money is to be able to kind of declutter and clean. But um, how about let's talk about like in the kitchen.
3: You know, I think, you know, that, and that's a great spot between that and the the master bathrooms and things. You know, I, I a lot of times will start with something as simple as lighting, you know, making sure that the rooms are appropriately lit or that you're setting the mood for that room so it's not... Um, maybe you have the big gymnasium you know, uh, fluorescent lights that you like, but I'm telling you, a lot of times that doesn't make the kitchen look necessarily beautiful. So you may go back to a a different strategy, change out the light fixtures, update some of the hardware, because hardware is probably one of the easiest. A new backsplash is a nice, quick, easy, you know, actually I'm doing that right now. Suburban Styles, we had those guys out this week again, and they're helping us redecorate our kitchen. So I'm actually going through this as we speak. They also suggested painting, um, refurnishing the floor, you know, having that refurbished as well. So there's, a lot of things for a couple thousand bucks. All of a sudden, I can make my kitchen look shiny, brand new again. Well,
1: and here's the thing, too, is when you have those old, ca- you know, the older cabinets, you know, you put a little renew on them or some yeah. Murphy's oil, you know, to kind of bring them out. But what happens is when you start throwing on like hardware, yeah. and light fixtures, that's what they'll use to justify, hey, we can always paint those cabinets, right? You know, and but gosh, I mean, that that hardware just gives it away. But if it's if it's still the old brass hardware, mm-hmm. you know, the brass hinges, and it's got the real dark oak. You know, then people are like with a, with a cute uh, mauve countertop yeah. for Mica countertop, you know, it just kind of, it, it it throws them off.
3: It's, it's been crazy though, to me too, you know, talking about the colors. I mean, it, we're back to seventies colors and then we go to the all whites again and then we go back to the seventies colors. Um, it, it's one of those things where, you know, the trends, I'm always like cautious. Uh, I, I, I will tend to want it to look updated, but the last thing I'll do is, you know, replace obviously the cabinet or whatever, but Like you talked about, refacing is a great way to do it. Put some new doors on there, reface the cabinets, new skins, because they're they're solid, well-built cabinet. You can repurpose them, Um, which also makes you feel good, too. So, you know, you're not just throwing away a a beautiful old cabinet. But on the other hand, I think that just clean, um, decluttering, adding some color, um, some of those things can make a kitchen not be a stopping point. So when somebody's coming through that house, they walk in and go, wow, this is cool. Next room. That's all you want. You don't necessarily want them to stop in their tracks and go, wow, what am I going to do to make this room likable? You want it to be just nice enough to where they like it and then move on.
1: Right. And I always try to find out, okay, what, what is this house? What, what is the big sale point of this house? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it becomes just don't make these other things, destroy it for it. You know right, what I mean? So right. sometimes your basements probably not finished, but you got a great kitchen. You know, we're gonna really maybe make that extra great, mm-hmm. and then they'll justify the basement. You know what? We never go down there anyways. The kids will just be playing down there. We can always finish it when Johnny goes into seventh grade. Right. You know, yeah. kind of a thing. So they they justify it, but they're like, oh my gosh, look at I mean, and let's face it, the kitchen is where you are every day. Mm-hmm. It's when people come over; that's where they hang out. You know, I mean, unless you got a I've got a have got a listing though that in a basement that I swear to God, I would hang out down there all the time. And that's unusual. It's a rubber room it's the or coolest, what? <laughs> it's the coolest what's bar. What's so special about it? It's just awesome. I mean, it's got uh, uh, no the bar. I mean, no. it's, it was probably $250,000 worth of finishes in, oh, in yeah. the basement. And uh, it's just amazing. But it's real comfortable. You know, good little sitting areas, and yeah. exercise room, because you know how much I love to exercise. I know.
3: It, <laughs> yeah. it shows.
1: It, it is. The, yeah, the, true. The, uh, you know, I was just going <laughs> to say to you,
3: we had a listing this week that actually we're going to bring on here in a couple of weeks. That I was thinking about you, Chris. We were walking through this house, gorgeous house, you know, 5,700 finished square feet. And we're walking through and all of a sudden in the kitchen, I stop and I look to the right and I go, is that a professional grade pizza oven? And they said it is. And they go, this is, a, you know, an $8,000 investment. I mean, it takes three hours to heat it. It's actually a real pizza oven. I go, oh, Rooney would live here at this island making pizzas. <laughs> but I'll tell you and what. I'd be right those with are, you, though.
1: Yeah. But those are... Um, I always call those that those are memorable points, you know? Yeah. And if you can get one of those, you know, hey, remember the pizza oven house, Mm -hmm. you know, that it keeps bringing you back to it. So I think that's going to be. Back in the day when
3: I was working with uh, Nisley Construction way back, I had Gary and Becky Nisley, worked with them for years, way, way back. And, I mean, gosh, it's been – I shouldn't say that because they're, they're still young chickens themselves. But um, we used to intentionally do that with our models. They would actually have like a Mila coffee maker where it grinds the – and so we'd have people coming in and they, that was – or we also would do like the the warming trays. Sure. Where in the bathrooms – in the bathrooms to throw your towels in there so that when the morning you wake up, you have this nice warm towel. And I was like, God, these are some cool things. We had people coming back years later saying, I just – we could never forget you guys. You had those cool little features <laughs> – and and it doesn't cost a lot to do it to get yeah. that attention.
1: Yeah, you know d- different marketing things. I was going to say one. I know we got to go, um, but we're gonna we're gonna do one on on Prior Lake, um, the end of June. But it was it's with Mike Lynch, and we're doing a stargazer. Oh yeah, star watch. And Andy Andy Lindis said his wife was there and uh, did a star watch with uh, uh, with Mike Lynch. Yeah. and I'm and he says, gosh, you should do that at one of your um you know upper bracket homes. And I'm like. Oh, my gosh. So I'm giving You're him right. credit for It's a that. great idea. Yeah, and so we're going to do that, but then have an open house later at night. And so you can kind of get it from the night. But I don't know if you've seen, have you seen his stuff. I mean, you, oh yeah, I showed yeah, you those, it was, mean, those it's, telescopes. It's ridiculous. They are like, oh, yeah. they're the size of a small. People car. love it. People yeah. love it. Yeah. So, and, so just hope it, it doesn't rain or uh, cloudy that. Well, that's day.
2: a great idea to have it at night and have an open house at night. Yeah, that's and a great idea. kind of do You guys different. are filled with good
1: ideas. Hey, yeah, every once in a while, <laughs> let's save <laughs> well, some <well>, for
2: <laughs> let's save some <something> for more <laughs> next week. Awesome. By the way, have a safe Memorial weekend. The rest of it, guys. It you was, do the same. It's good to see you. Thanks very much. We'll be back again next week. Hope you join us then in the 10 o'clock hour for a more real estate talk here on News Talk 830 WCCO.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?